A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. <laughs> oh, it, there's probably a, a balance between. I believe you have to know Christ, but God is in hell. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. <laughs> my mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God's by faith in his son. <laughs> Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3 7. Victory in the name which is above every name. There's no exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme law. <laughs> and... Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. <laughs> So put your trust in the sovereign risen king Who doesn't owe you one cotton picking thing And yet he still promises to furnish his disciples But we take what he's created and we turn him into idols I'll never back down, so how can I keep it in? But you'll never see me preaching the sin of TBM Yeah, spirit and truth is worship viewed in this chemistry But, but some are spewing distorted views of the Trinity Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to uh, The Master's Dog, episode 33. I am your host, The Evangelical Norm. My color looks a little green. Um, it's really not because I'm sick. Uh, it's just bad lighting in my office. So, um, yeah, hopefully one of these days we'll have a finished basement and we'll all that stuff will rearrange and things will be new and interesting and yeah there you go so we are back at it with our friends from saints unscripted david has another episode of faith and beliefs out and so we are going to respond to david and faith and beliefs and again it just feels like he's he is now on his third episode of the uh succession uh, of prophets from Joseph Smith, of false prophets from Joseph Smith. And so today he's going to talk about James Strang. And uh, so, yeah, we'll go ahead and we'll let him take it away. And we'll probably not going to have a whole lot to say about this, but a deal is a deal. He's going to do an episode called Faith and Beliefs, and I'm going to respond to it through the Master's Dog, and we'll go from there. 
When the Latter-day Saint prophet Joseph Smith was killed by a mob at Carthage jail, the saints he left behind weren't sure who would become the new leader of the church. And to make matters worse, Joseph himself made as many as eight different references to who should succeed him. Subsequently, after his death, several people came forward claiming to be Joseph's... All right, let's just stop right there. He hasn't even got to the intro, and this is really the only point uh, worth discussing in the entire thing. How is it that a prophet of God, if he is truly God's prophet and God is truly talking to him, how is he going to make up to as many as eight predictions of who would succeed him? Eight announcements or eight proclamations or whatever you want to call it. God is not the God of confusion. And Joseph's death and this, apparently, these statements left a lot of confusion. So it, it does not, and, and the only thing we can really take away from every one of these episodes is it doesn't bode well for Joseph's claim at being a prophet. He obviously was just making it up as he went along. And it becomes painfully obvious, and then you end up with a guy like this who comes in and uh, takes and steals away a, a portion. But I'm getting ahead of me and of him, um, so we'll let David continue on. We'll see if we can actually get to his intro. Successor. In past episodes, we've already talked about the claims of Sidney Rigdon and the later claims of Joseph Smith III. In this episode, we're going to talk about an interesting fellow by the name of James Strang. Excuse me. You bore me, David. Not really, I'm just tired. Joseph Smith baptized James Strang into the church in February 1844, only about four months before Joseph was killed. But despite him being a very new convert, after Joseph's death, James claimed he had a letter from Joseph naming him as his successor. Now, this letter is problematic for multiple reasons. First, nobody really knows who wrote it. It's not the handwriting of Joseph Smith or any of his known scribes. Strang claimed that Emma Smith recollects well of her husband receiving a letter from Mr. Strang and holding a council on the subject and names Hiram Smith Willard Richards, and John P. Green as present at that council. But the letter doesn't match the handwriting of any of those people either. I searched through the handwriting of Joseph's contemporaries for hours, but couldn't find anything that was even close to a match. Some scholars think the letter was simply a forgery, and some don't. So I take the letter with a grain of salt. But even if the letter is real, the language in it is ambiguous. Much of the subject matter had to do with Strang's call to establish a stake of the church in Wisconsin. Some people, including Strang's own son, Charles, believed the letter was nothing more than an appointment to lead the saints in Wisconsin. In addition to the letter, Strang claimed that in the hour Joseph was killed, he was ordained as the next prophet by an angel. In fact, he believed that every successor of the church would have to be ordained by an angelic messenger. Strang said, and as Joseph was called by revelation and ordained by angels, so must his successor be. Joseph was ordained with priesthood keys by angels because it was the opening of a new dispensation. Okay, so here's my question. Have you prayed about that? I mean, this Joseph, everything Joseph did was made based off of a claim. And apparently if you pray about it and the spirit manifests, then that's true. Why are you just why would anybody just dismiss James Strang's claims without praying about it? And, and seeing if the Holy Spirit causes a burning in the bosom to, to do so. 
And again, I mean, he, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but so with the way that the Mormon church is set up and the history and um, just the, the lineage and the way things happened in, in Mormonism, how can you challenge James Strang's claim that he was visited by an angel without challenging Joseph's? Or why do you just let Joseph's go without just letting James's go? So here uh, you've got an inconsistency based upon your own desire. It, it's the same thing that I ask all the time about when praying about the Book of Mormon. Will you pray about the Book of Jeronek? Matthew Gill in the UK has claimed to be a prophet, uh, superseding, a, it was the time of Monson when I think, or Hinckley maybe even, when it came out and he wrote the book and he said he should be the prophet over them. Why do we not take these, these prophets at their claim and, and pray about it at least? Look into it and pray about it, right? There were no mortal priesthood holders available. We don't believe that an angel must restore those keys every time a prophet dies. But anyway, Strain drew away a good amount of followers, including, but not limited to, Joseph's brother, William Smith, Martin Harris, and Apostle John E. Page, though in time, all of those people left Strang's church. Strang established a community with his followers at Beaver Island, Michigan. He had himself crowned as king over his church, and I'm going to do one or two other episodes about James Strang. He claimed to discover and translate an ancient record from metal plates, similar to how Joseph had done, except with a lot of super important differences. So we'll talk about some of that stuff later. But Again, why would we not just uh, accept it? I mean... I've watched your episodes. Actually, it was Kwaku and um, the other kid uh, talking about how they expect more scripture to come. Why would this not be it? Why Have you read James Strang's book and prayed about it? But to make a long story short, Strang was shot three times by a couple of disgruntled former followers on June 16th, 1856. He died instantly the next month. And yes, that was a hot rod reference. He died instantly the next day. Though Strang had time to name a successor, he refused to. He said God hadn't called one. He left the church in the hands of the remaining leaders. But without a prophet's successor, most of Strang's followers left his church and joined other groups. So, was James Strang Joseph Smith's true successor? Well, Joseph Smith taught no unhallowed hand can stop the work from progressing. Persecutions may rage, mobs may combine, armies may assemble, calumny may defame, but the truth of God will go forth boldly, nobly, and independent till it has penetrated every continent, visited every clime, swept every country, and sounded in every ear, till the purposes of God shall be accomplished, and the great Jehovah shall say, the work is done. Some sources report that James Strang initially led as many as 12 or 13,000 followers. Okay, I want to know what that quote has anything to do with a successor. Nothing. Zero. Nada. Just a question. Followers. Today, all that remains are a few different splinter groups. As far as I can tell, the main surviving group is based in Wisconsin with about 130 active members. Of course, truth isn't dependent on how many followers you have, but James Strang's church certainly doesn't seem to reflect 
the progress Joseph Smith described. But as always, you're free to come to your own conclusions about that. I've never met a Strangite in person, but I'm sure they're fabulous people. If you've got questions, check out the resources in the description, and have a great day. I said call them you. So, okay, well, thanks for answering my question about the uh, the quote, because it didn't really have anything to do with the successor, but it, it deals with the, the success of the successor and his offshoot, apparently. So, I don't know. But bottom line is, if Joseph Smith truly was a prophet of God, I mean, Elijah knew who he was turning over his mantle to, right? God revealed it. When a prophet, one prophet was going to succeed another, God made it clear. And so the fact that Joseph had no idea that he, he claimed to have eight different people and so on, it's confused. It's confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. So, really, all of these, what, what, it, it doesn't matter who's the true successor, because none of them are. None of them are truly prophets of God. None of them are, are even Christian. They're following after a false Christ. These are men who are leading, at this point, millions of people to damnation. Because, again, what Jesus says in, in John 3.16, that for God so loved the world that whosoever would believe in him, that he gave his only son, that whosoever should believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Wow, I just botched John 3.16. It must be late. But nobody looks to what it says in John 3.18. But it says, for those who do not believe are condemned already. Every claim to be a prophet by any leader of any segment, fragment, sect, you call it whatever you want to call it, family, group, offshoot from the Mormon church, every leader and the leaders of the Mormon church are false prophets who are literally leading people through the doctrine of demons to hell. This is why all the time I'm calling for people to run. Get out of the false religion get out of of the the lies and the deception that that fill mormonism if you are a mormon my friend and i know this is horribly offensive but run run please get out of this false religion turn to christ and live the true christ and live Find a Bible-believing church somewhere and get involved. Get in there and get set down under some good, solid theological teaching. And for my Christian friends, keep praying for your Mormon brothers and sisters. And as always, or your Mormon neighbors, I wouldn't call them brothers and sisters, your Mormon neighbors, keep praying for them. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm -hmm.